that could help me with my next round of shopping. So thank you. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Does it give you any specific ideas? Um, maybe not so many cookies and chips. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Should We? Creative conversations about the everyday choices that make us. This episode is brought to you by Cocoon. That's my coaching practice where I help people find their purpose, take creative risks, and define leadership on their own terms. If you're curious, you can schedule a time to chat with me at the-cocoon.co. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Diana. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Diana. How are you? (laughs) I am so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Before your update, I was thinking of like making a a caveat, like a disclaimer about this episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, What I want to say to our listeners is that there will be, most likely be zero useful practical information in this episode we have we have nothing to offer we're just catching up on what it feels like to be alive today and we'll i feel like we're gonna make a lot of jokes and also complain maybe some like moaning about first world problems so just putting it out there It just depends on what you're ready for right now, but this is what we have to offer. Yes, (laughs) this is us, uh, pretty unfiltered in the time of COVID-19. That's right. Okay, Diana, go for it. Where are you at (laughs) right now? Okay, well, basically, I'm in our garden, um, which is so... uh, just such a juxtaposition to the state of the world. Um, like everything's blooming. I just saw little buds coming out on our bushes. The magnolias are in bloom. Um, it smells like jade. I hope jade smells. Something smells nice. Like it's all, it's all beautiful. Um, but why am I outside? I'm outside. Because... Also, Diana, the beauty sounds slightly upsetting. it is because it's so out of sync with like how things are right now yeah so why am I outside I'm outside because uh home has become Grand Central Station uh (laughs) um, my company like many companies right now has mandated working from home And uh, also, I have a toddler who normally uh, is cared for at home by, uh, we have an au pair, but we also, um, our au pair is out this week, so we have a backup nanny. And I'm so fortunate to have that care in place, uh, because in-home care is like the only solution right now, because most daycares in San Francisco have closed too. Um, So that's that. Um, and you know, the house is just like, 
everything right now. I actually didn't go outside pretty much at all yesterday, even though the weather is beautiful, because I was immersed in my computer for work, which was partly because I had meetings, but let's be real. It was also because my work activity was distracting me from the world situation, which is also only accessible on my devices. And then like after the day was over, instead of going outside, I just turned to my phone and read the news for like two hours. (laughs) How did that go? Poorly, Lisa. I went poorly. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine why. you know, I uh, I do read the news pretty regularly. For a few years, I didn't really read the news, and I felt irresponsible about it, but I just needed to to reset. We probably did an episode, like, should we read the news? At I'm pretty point. sure we did. Yeah, we definitely talked about it, which is almost the same thing, <laughs> even if there's not an episode. But I think there was an episode. So, you know, then I started reading the news again. And I subscribed to the New York Times and, you know, I made it part of my routine and I replaced Instagram with New York Times style section and all the things I've talked about before. Um, But in this time of the coronavirus, uh, it has become a bad wind down activity. And so I just noticed that there was like a compulsion at the end of the workday to read more and more and more and more. Um, even if it wasn't helpful, even if I was reading something completely unrelated that was just there in my app because it felt like um, after a day of being immersed in work, which is kind of pleasantly distracting relative to the situ- the, the state of things, um, I would just feel like, oh my gosh, so much has changed. We're living through, you know, world history and also, you know, personal panic on some level. Yeah. Yeah, I well, I'm impressed that it, it sounds like you've been waiting till the end of the day, <laughs> that you haven't been checking it every 15 minutes like I've been. That goes even better than what you're describing, as you could imagine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, anyway, I ended up deleting the news apps off my phone, and I'm sure I'll get the news somehow, but maybe by carrier pigeon. But uh, I, I just need to you know, take care of my mental health, I think. Um, And in general, I've been trying to sleep and sleeping okay. And, um, you know, it's springtime in San Francisco, so it's pretty sunny out. I just have to remember to get outdoors. Like there's plenty of good ingredients, but I just have to remember that worrying is a rational response to what's going on right now, but doesn't actually help that much. Um, so that's where I'm at. How about you? Uh, well, let's see. It's also spring in Santa Fe and that's beautiful. And, um, but okay. There, there are like two things. So one is that I became, I experienced depression this winter and I've just been starting to feel so much better, like amazing. I've, I've been, I feel amazing or I did until the world started like scarily getting weird. Yeah. Weirder than it normally is, you know? And I'm like, oh no, 
my depression was so poorly timed <laughs> because like if only it had started now i could be depressed with everybody else <laughs> instead of being depressed in a way that felt alone you know <laughs> like ah oh, i was just like starting to admire the blossoming things and like feeling so optimistic about the future and like okay but now i'm like what am i supposed to do it's like misplaced optimism right 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 it's like my garden it's just like shut up <laughs> exactly exactly now i'm frustrated with my brain for being like happy <laughs> like okay so so before it was like what do you have to be so sad about and now i'm like what do you have to be so happy about <laughs> It's really a catch-22. Totally, totally. And the other thing is allergies. It's allergy season. And my allergies are, like, extreme right now. But then it's also, like, there are so many variables, Diana. It's impossible to isolate them. Because it's like, if you take some, like, anxiety and allergies and combine them, you could come away with basically the symptoms of coronavirus. <laughs> Shortness of breath. <laughs> you know, uh, respiratory issues. Like, so it's very confusing right now. It's a confusing time for everyone. And then I guess another, like a contrast with your home is that whereas everything's happening in your house and nothing is happening in my house it's so boring it's so boring my dog and i are just staring at each other like, is this is this it like this is how it's gonna be i guess huh you know and he's like a very affectionate dog but he's had enough of me and like he so usually he sleeps in the bed with me at night and then he's he lays on the couch during the day because he's living his best life. So right now, Diana, he's in bed. Oh no. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what's up, but like I'm over it. I'm going back to bed. Oh no. He's Poor a Pisces. <laughs> And he's very sensitive and intuitive. So I think he just, you know, he has a sense that yeah. things are topsy-turvy. Yeah, yeah. Better better weather it in bed. Yeah, he, he's like, I, I liked it better when you left sometimes and I missed you. And then you came back and gave me a treat. <laughs> yeah it's so interesting you know my toddler cooper we've discovered is quite a creature of routine and one time before all of this happened and we had to work from home i returned home early one day thinking he would be so excited to see me we would go to the park and it would be his special mommy date and he was not having it he was just like this is not how the day goes you come home right before bedtime we hug, we play for 10 minutes, and then we go to bed. You know? <laughs> he just screamed and screamed and screamed. He was not happy to be with, at the park with me at all. So now we're trying to institute 
routines for him, which I think is helpful to have in this topsy-turvy time. Routines help. Yeah, also for grown-ups. Yes. (laughs) We're all toddlers at heart. Oh, yes, 100%. Um, uh, Diana, uh, should should we stockpile? And should we eat our stockpile yet? <laughs> well, this, there's two lenses on this. There are two lenses on this that uh, feel compelling to me. One is my supply chain nerd side. Um, and one is my uh, fearful human side. I would say um, the fearful D- human. <laughs> Diana, Diana, I knew you were going to talk about supply chain. <laughs> I was just waiting for it. Okay, yes. That's because you've known me forever, um, and you know that I love a good supply chain, but supply chains are not good right now. So so anyway, I think that the supply chain part of me, we'll talk about the fearful human side first. The fearful human side wants to hoard, um, and that's pretty normal. I think that's a pretty normal human human instinct. but then, you know, uh, my fearful human side is also fearful for other humans. And I'm like, well, I probably shouldn't hoard if, uh, if this is going to be worse for other people because I care about other people too. And it doesn't do me any good to have extra stuff. Anyway, and then the supply chain, uh, the supply chain part of me is just like curious about which supply chains will be affected when. Um, by, you know, international import-export stuff, by, you know, by personnel taking time off, by, you know, by whatever. Um, But the nexus of all of this for my family is that Cooper is obsessed with fresh blueberries. And so he eats like a container of blueberries a day. And (laughs) blueberries go bad pretty quickly. Um, in my experience, even in the fridge. Um, and so I just keep wondering, like, when will the blueberry supply chain break down? And then I'm like, well, we should probably just keep getting fresh blueberries until that point and therefore not dig into our kind of uh, pasta and crackers and rice stockpile. Um, but then part of me is like, by getting fresh blueberries, we're, you know, out in the community and maybe that's bad too. So. I don't know, but I do know that it's hard not to eat snacks that are there. So that's what I'm struggling with right now. As a single mom with no kids, <laughs> I actually feel like stockpiling seems like a really good parenting skill to mm-hmm. have, you know? And so I want to learn. I want to, I actually want to understand this, but I don't really get it because I like on Monday, I got a lot of groceries. Like as many as I could like think of and, you know, heavy on non-perishables. And I was like, look at me. I'm stockpiling. It's Friday and a lot of things are gone now. (laughs) I ate them. Now, I definitely bought at least twice as much as I normally do. So I'm like, what? What? I what happened? We're, and also, I don't normally like soup, but I had all these like cans and boxes of soup, which I ate. Because uh, all of a sudden, it was like, you know what sounds really good right now? Like 
soup and crackers, whatever's in my freezer, you know, like, so <laughs> this is not, I'm not doing, I'm clearly not doing this right. I don't have any willpower. And like, I already feel hunkered down. So I'm like, I want the hunker down snacks, you know? Right. But then the hunker down snacks are going to get so boring if you actually have to hunker down. Like for, for not for real, but like in a require in a mandatory way. Right. So like now I need more groceries and I'm like, okay, so maybe that wasn't stockpiling because presumably, you know, the stockpile situation, the hunker down situation is like for when you can't get more. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, well, now I can get more. So I think I'm going to go try. So I guess that was a practice round and I failed. <laughs> I only could have been hunkered down for five days. Well, I mean, first of all, we're all just doing the best we can. And there are so many topsy-turvy factors right now. Like we tend to eat out a lot. And so just eating more at home, I mean, forget eating out. Normally I'm at an office all day and the office has its own snacks and now I'm not in an office. So, you know, got to have home snacks, right? But that's not in my mental model of grocery shopping. And then also I've concluded that my stockpiling approach will have to be stockpiling things I would be willing, but not excited to eat. Um, Oh, Partly because that introduces natural variety. Like I could not have been eating the same thing the whole time because I will have to shift once and if like real lockdown comes. Um, and partly because I will just eat anything in the house because eating is comforting, you know, that, that I, that I marginally like, or that requires no preparations. Light preparation, fine, but not desirable food. Is the way to go for me. That's bags of rice and canned fish. Um, you told me about the fish, Diana, and I, and that you may or may not have purchased a lot of it. Yeah. And <laughs> I just got very curious, like what kind? Oh. <laughs> well, glad you asked. Um, there's this brand, Safe Catch, that um that sells individually mercury tested fish um in cans so they have tuna but they also have salmon they have sardines and the reason i'm especially intensive about mercury right now is because i'm pregnant again and i'm expecting in july and mercury is supposed to be (laughs) yeah i can't remember (laughs) if i've shared that on this season but okay I don't think so. Okay. That was a big announcement. You were just going to like drop that. You were just going to like plant that little seed and then drop the mic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Diana out. Um, so uh, mercury is supposed to be not the best for pregnant people. Um, so anyway, safe catch. I like, you know, it's fine. Um, but uh, I don't you know, canned fish is not my go-to. And so we have it around. I ordered from Safe Catch a few months ago and we still have plenty of cans. Um, But this time I really went hog wild, partly because I noticed on the Safe Catch website that their most kind of normal 
um, standard tuna cans were all sold out. So I was like, oh, it's coming. Like people are hoarding safe catch. Um, so I ordered a lot of salmon and, uh, and tuna and sardines in cans. And, uh, I think that that will be good. Uh, you know, safe catch is like a little over the top, but, uh, it's what I could do at that time. And so it's what I did. Got it. Got it. Well, um, this is very, I love you, you, you tend to have like really helpful frameworks, you know? And so I like this lens of like, okay, things that I would be fine eating, but then aren't like super appealing to me and that might require some, a little bit of preparation that could help me with my next round of shopping. So thank you. Oh yeah. You're welcome. Does it give you any specific ideas? Um, maybe not so many cookies and chips. that I now know to plan for when stockpiling, which is I eat more when I'm bored and stressed out oh, yeah. and stuck at home. So now we know Lisa is hungry. Right now. <laughs> now we know. Seriously. Yeah. I think that it's so easy to be treating this like we're already on lockdown, but I mean, there's things to do. Like going outside, as long as you don't touch anything and don't see anybody, is fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was. So, Diana, should we talk about my relationship with hiking? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm embarrassed about this. But this is what we do on this podcast. We just get real. Mm-hmm. I hate hiking, Diana. <laughs> and I feel that I am truly the only person on earth. I'm the last person on earth who's like, like everybody else is like, oh, what do you love to do? Uh, I love hiking, camping, <laughs> the outdoors and travel. <laughs> and I it, like if I'm really being honest, what do I love to do? Well, I'm an indoor cat. I I like watching TV, reading books sometimes, um, snacking and napping. <laughs> and I I don't like hiking. I've had like almost every time I've done it because of course I succumbed to peer pressure a lot. Mm, of course. Almost every time I've collapsed into a panic attack. and watched children and senior adults step over and around me (laughs) while I huddle in the ball and cry. (laughs) So I'm a super fun person, as you can tell, really connected with nature. (laughs) Super fun. But I was thinking if there were ever a time to get into hiking and enjoying the outdoors, it could be now because like, you know, walking around on a trail that's not 
populated um, seems like a great way to um, not go stir crazy and also not be at, at risk for like spreading germs. Completely agree. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you're allowed to not like hiking, Lisa. <laughs> I, uh, I, I tend to agree with you uh, that hiking and love of the outdoors is a way of signaling a certain kind of uh, like robust health that is actually uh, not, it's kind of like, uh, what's the discriminatory word for it? It's like healthist. It's like, it's like it's, only one. Yeah. It's like privileging a, which absolutely nothing wrong with enjoying the outdoors it's just i because it's so um like it seems like everyone so deeply loves strenuous activity outside in unpredictable circumstances (laughs) (laughs) it just makes me feel a little inferior Oh, yeah. I mean, even, I mean, robust health is a coded word for, like, slenderness and lack of sunburn, you know? So, (laughs) like, I'm not here for it. I don't, I don't agree with that as a value system. Um, But uh, I do agree. One time my friend Brittany uh, told me that hiking was just walking. And that made me feel good because I thought that hiking, you had to have hiking boots for and it was always about the incline and about it being strenuous. But if I imagine that hiking is just walking in nature, and as long as it's flat, we're good, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually did have a positive experience recently where I went on what was described as a walk. and. But in my world, I would categorize it as a hike um, because it wasn't paved. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not paved. But, you know, and there were some ups and downs and there was a lot of dust. Um, So I was like, this is definitely a hike. This is not a walk. But I had a good time. And then I came home and I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm becoming a hiker. I came home and I I peeled off my layers of dust crusted clothes and I was like this is disgusting but maybe I could grow to like it and um but my hip was like very sore I was like what's the deal with my hip like I guess it's just because I'm not used to this kind of activity and then I looked down and there's a giant cactus needle oh. stuck deep into my <laughs> and then I then like extracted and I was like yeah see see this is what I'm talking about very dangerous oh no yeah it's like punishment for uh for hiking yeah totally I mean, do you think you really will try or are you just idly thinking about it? Both are very, very fine and should be universe. Um, well, okay. I do have a little cabin fever already. So I think that, you know, as long as I'm feeling good, 
there is a chance that I might go on a like trail that is it's really like it's it's for bikes and dogs and people like it's not um I've never been to it though but I just know it's like a beloved place to go for a stroll Mm -hmm. so I I might give that a try actually I think it would be good for my constitution yeah yeah another idea is to search for stroller friendly hikes because uh, <laughs> you're genius, Diana. Because I'm like a stroller. <laughs> exactly. Prefer paved paths. Prefer very few ups and downs. <laughs> uh, you really actually. I know we said there was going to be no useful information in this episode, but Diana, you've really given me a lot to work with. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad that my uh, my worry can be converted into some hot tips. Oh, yeah. You're so good <laughs> at that. Um, there is something else I was thinking about, like, because, like, having just had the experience of depression and then now feeling emotionally fine, but in a landscape where, like, everyone else is freaking out, um, I... I've just been thinking of like, like I had a conversation with a friend who said to me, like, I don't know, I feel, I feel pretty bad emotionally, like, am I depressed? And I feel like this is a question that's going to come up for a lot of people as we're in this time of such uncertainty that there's this question of like, at what point, uh, like, like things are bad and difficult and uncertain so on the one hand it seems totally rational like it uh there's reason to have negative feelings and thoughts so then at what point is it like okay i I actually i need intervention now or Mm -hmm. like this has tipped over to like a a problem that needs treatment you know you know what i mean yeah um, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, obviously it's really different for everyone, but um, there were some things that helped me figure that figure out that, that question this winter. One was a podcast that I listened to, um, an episode of Going Through It, which I'll put mm. in the show notes, where Um, this uh, author is talking about her experience of postpartum depression and she says like, okay, she was very aware of what postpartum depression is, but once she had her child, after she gave birth, she felt like her life was turned upside down and very stressful and all the and and she was like, but I thought, well, everyone says that having a kid is like the hardest thing. So, like, of course, my life is going to feel turned upside down and I won't feel like myself. Everyone says you're changed forever when you have a kid. So then months go by where she doesn't feel like herself. Before she finally reason, realizes like, oh, wait, actually, I think I'm depressed. 
Mm-hmm. But I didn't know because it seemed totally reasonable to feel bad. So that episode was helpful. And then also this metaphor that I shared with you, Diana, about um, climate versus weather. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in general, I'm like, I'm a very emotional person. There's a lot of weather, emotional weather on on the inside of me. Like my internal, internal landscape, it has like seasons and like storms and bright, shiny days. Like, like it's just, uh, I don't know, it's maybe it's more like the Northeast than say Southern California. And so there could be long periods of like winter or whatever. But at a certain point, it felt like my internal landscape became Antarctica. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm assuming there's still weather in Antarctica. You know, I still had times where I was like, oh, maybe everything's fine. The sun is out, (laughs) you know. I look up, it's like, oh, there's still like a sky. (laughs) The sun still exists. And I slightly interested in penguins so then <laughs> if i look down is like just ice as far mm-hmm. as the eye can see just like very like there's no hope here like spring may come but it's still gonna mostly look like this frozen you know mm-hmm. so that kind of helped me distinguish like okay no i'm not myself because I'm not having my regular internal landscape with the typical weather. That's so helpful to hear those distinctions. And I think that one thing I want to say is we could probably all use some extra support right now. And it can feel selfish in our minds to imagine seeking support at a time when so many need support. But actually supporting each other can be part of other people's livelihoods, you know, and it's important to support other people's livelihoods at this time too. I guess what I mean is like, uh, you know, a psychotherapist is not going to be treating COVID-19 patients for their, uh, physical symptoms. You know, they're going to be treating people's mental health symptoms because that's what they do. And so you're not being selfish by seeking psychotherapy. You're actually helping support someone's livelihood. Now, the session may happen by call or by video chat because social distancing is important right now. But, you know, you can get help and you can be helping someone else by supporting their livelihood. It's good to, like, be proactive about that kind of thing. Like, this is just a hard time for anyone. So... Like, you don't have to get to a point where you feel like you've hit rock bottom or, you know, your emotional and psychological resources are spent. Like, you can just proactively um, seek out, you know, therapy, any other, like, you know, healing uh, things that you, especially the ones you could do remotely. Um, I recently learned that you can have Reiki remotely oh Um, yeah i've never experienced it but i'm interested now oh yeah me too i've had reiki uh in person but not uh not remotely i think you know that that also brings up this topic of 
this weird, weird time for people who are hunkered down in a way, but not currently experiencing symptoms. First of all, you're helping just by you're helping just by separating yourself, you know, so so that's step one is you're already doing something good. Uh, but two, you know, once you're in that state, this is an interesting time for experimentation. And no, it's not ideal circumstances, but it's important to look for the wiggle room in life. And right now there's really weird wiggle room. Like some of the wiggle room is that I no longer have a commute because I'm mandatorily working from home. And that opens up up to an hour and a half a day. And I'm not using that very smartly right now. <laughs> I'm mostly just spending more time in front of my computer, but I could. I could use it a different way. I could go for a walk during that time. I could play with my kid during that time. I could exercise during that time. And one thing I'm doing with that time that is smart is just getting more sleep, just realizing that, you know, it's not that important to uh, it's not that important to wake up early. I thought it was, and it's not. You know, it's more important to get as much sleep as I need because that will help my immune system and that will help my mood. And that's one of the big things I notice is that on seven to eight hours of sleep, I feel okay, and on eight to nine hours of sleep, I feel buoyant even if stuff is really bad, even if things are really scary. Um, yeah. It gives me a lot more reserves. Yeah, and, and getting up sleep, getting enough sleep is right up there on the recommendations for uh, taking good care of yourself right now. Um, something I have um, been getting excited about is taking an online course. Mm -hmm. um, normally, I know that I love learning in a classroom environment in person. Um, but in this time where I have like even more margin in my life than I did before, um, I'm getting curious, like, okay, what do I want to learn? You know, what do I, what seeds of learning and growth do I want to plant now that can, that can, you know, blossom, you know, once, thing you know we're on the other side of this as like a crisis um so i did sign up for an online course also because structure helps me mm -hmm. um like there are all of these things i want to learn and i'm curious about but if i just leave it up to myself like oh i should just read about that sometime i probably won't do it yeah, for sure. I mean, I think this is such an interesting time for all kinds of experimentation because the variables are much, there are so many fewer variables than normal. Like every day is so the same, except for, you know, ever ratcheting up news reports. But the shape of every day is so much the same that I can really tell the difference between getting, you know, not enough and more than enough sleep. And I notice the difference between what it feels like to read the news and what it feels like to read a book. And they're both just texts on my phone, but they're different for me. I notice what different types of TV do to me. I notice what different types of food do to me. And, you know, it's not the best to have limited range, but it is a good time for understanding uh, the nuances between things. Yeah. Yeah. And um, another thing I've been thinking about is like, okay, 
given the new constraints, which are, are like different in each person's life, what opportunities does it present? Like, you know, my constraints, um, just generally trying to isolate myself at home, are isolating. It's lonely. There's nobody else here, and it's kind of boring. But, you know, it, it just occurred to me, like, I could make it feel like I'm at a spa retreat. I have, like, bath salt. I have some, um, like, a diffuser mm-hmm. with this essential oils that nobody else on earth likes the smell of this particular <laughs> combination I have. But I like it. But, like, uh-huh. nobody's here. So I could just fill the place with scent that only I enjoy, candles, baths. I mean, it could be like I'm on vacation at my own house. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's your wiggle room here. And I I keep losing sight of those opportunities because it feels so kind of stupid <laughs> relative to relative to the bigness of what's happening. But the bigness of what's happening is mostly that it's dangerous to gather in groups, but anything else is still up for grabs, you know? Uh, And so we can't just be, we can't just be in a hole the whole time. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to make yourself suffer more than you have to. Like if you're, if you're not actually feeling sick, I think for me, it's, it's helpful to be like, okay, what, where's the potential joy in this? Or, mm-hmm. you know, how could I use this weird time to like be restorative in some way or, or, and also to be a time of reflection, you know, what was working about how things were before all this, before we all had to stop and what wasn't? Um, what might I want to be different when we all kind of reemerge? Um, so yeah, I, I think times like this can be a really great opportunity for, for reflection and introspection. Oh yeah. I mean, it's automatic perspective and, you know, one thing I wanted to say about your spa retreat idea, which I love is that, um, I have similar ideas for myself sometimes about finally living my best life without my commute. And it's fun to indulge in those fantasies. But one thing I notice is that there's just this underlying tone of unease. And as much as I wish I could feel kind of serene and floating and have little bells ringing in my ears and be breathing in sense, it's rational to feel unease right now. It's an uneasy time. And so what I want to do, how I want to approach it is not making that wrong, but just trying to kind of separate it, like give myself some distance from it and maybe designate a time of day to connect with what's going on in the world and think about what it means, but then very deliberately step away and not expect to feel serene and peaceful inside, but just expect to kind of be with my feelings and transitioning to transitioning to a different state, whether that's sleep or whether that's something else, because there's a way to be with what's going on without being sucked in by it. I hope. Yeah, I hope. And it's hard to remember that like 
most everyone feels the same way. Like every, it's hard for everyone, but since we're all isolating ourselves, it's hard to remember. Like we're we're all in this together mm-hmm. in in a way that, like like the, literally, the whole world is in this together, which rarely happens, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm really interested for what happens when we all reemerge, whenever that may be, in terms of sharing our experiences. And I, I wonder how much of that we can pull forward and have happen sooner. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess another thing that's coming to mind for me that I think you said before that was really helpful was like, at some point you said that you've, you're, you basically assumed like that you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. That you're going to get the virus and, but that, you know, you'll, you'll probably be okay and that you'll just need to do your best to protect others who are more vulnerable. And that was really helpful to me because I realized like, um, I have anxiety about, am I sick or not? Mm-hmm. You know, do I have this virus? But just trying this thought experiment of like, I probably have it in my system like now and I'm probably going to be okay. And how can I be just protect other people? Like, I think that was really a really nice one to try on. Yeah. I mean, the way you've reflected it back is even better than the way I said it. It's making me think that it's a little bit empowering to imagine it's inside of each of us right now and we're okay. You know, it's sort of like powerful to think, wow, go immune system, you know, and, and if I assume that I already have it, okay, maybe I'll touch fewer things. I'll, you know, I'll have even less contact with the public. I'll take that part of it really seriously, but good for you, little immune system. You're really doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, on that note, I'm, I'm really glad that we got to connect today and also i think that i will be like re-listening to this episode like to soothe myself too. <laughs> <laughs> i think this is gonna be like a five to ten repeat episode for me for sure for sure well okay talk to you soon talk to you soon lisa bye Hey there, thanks for listening. Um, If you are introspecting right now or designing your life around some new constraints and you would like some support with that, as always, you can schedule a time to chat with me at the-cocoon.co.